Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107. I'm Earl Johnston from Hypatia Industries. Patrick Harrington from Mildly Geeky in Boston. Jonathan Melville from MDD in Atlanta. And Michael Rogg from Top Shelf Craft in Texas. All right, gentlemen. So we are all assembled today to discuss Google AMP. And uh, Google AMP stands for Accelerated Mobile Pages. And I'm just... <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> that, was, that was the, are you ready to rumble? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let me was, get through. I was, maybe, I was early on the queue. I'm sorry. Yeah, we have a lot of people that have very, let's just say, polarized opinions on Google AMP. So let me let me first just get through what it is, what it's supposed to be, and... Trust me, we'll get into it. Um, so Google AMP stands for Accelerated Mobile Pages. And the marketing hype for this is the Google AMP project is an open source initiative aimed at making the web better for all. The project enables the creation of websites and ads that are consistently fast, beautiful, and high performing across devices and distribution platforms. All right. So let's talk about what this actually means in the real world and what implementing AMP actually looks like. So when you're making a Google AMP page, you're actually making a version of an existing page. You don't just make an AMP page off on its own. So let's say we've got a blog page. What you would then do is you'd make an AMP version of the same page and your blog page would have a link rel equals, I think it's AMP HTML, and then it would point to the AMP page. And that's how Google discovers, oh, hey, you know, there's an AMP version of this page. And when you're actually creating the page, really what Google AMP is, is a set of best practices that they are enforcing. So there are certain things you can and can't do. If you want custom JavaScript, guess what? Not going to happen. You can't run it on an AMP page. The only JavaScript that you can use are kind of uh, predefined blessed packages um, from the Google AMP project, which includes um, some AMP.js that does some of the fancy magic under the hood. Um, some of the other things is that uh, you can't use like an image tag, for instance. You have to use an AMP image tag. And there are a few other things like that where really what you're getting from the AMP standard is... This is how you have to do it, and it's a subset of HTML that you can use. Uh, oh, and <laughs> importantly, you also can't use an external style sheet. All right? Any <laughs> of the styles that are going to be on the page, they're all inlined. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's the way they're delivered. Um, and really, it's a, a set of standards that you need to create a page to, and it's a subset of HTML with some custom elements added in, like the AMP image and AMP video and all that kind of good stuff. Um, and the interesting thing to me is that AMP is really kind of a a collection of best practices, right? I mean, I'm already doing things like 
inlining critical CSS to help with the page rendering. Google AMP is enforcing it by saying, look, your style sheets, they're all in line. Like that's just the way that it's going to be. Um, and there are some other more controversial aspects to what Google is, is doing with AMP. So when you do a search, your AMP results will get preferential treatment uh, in terms of the search engine results listing. Um, and they also will have a nice little lightning bolt next to them, which to users, they understand that means if they click on this, it's going to be fast and you know they're not going to have a, a terrible experience, which then really boosts your click-through rate. Now, the interesting thing that happens is when you click through one of these links, it doesn't go to your website. Even though you're serving up an AMP page, what happens is uh, you go to the Google CDN and that's where your page is served from and that's where the domain, uh, sorry, that's the domain that is in the browser. Um, so that's kind of a, an overview of Google AMP. I have implemented it on a number of sites. Patrick, why is Google <laughs> AMP not just absolute nirvana? It sounds amazing. You know, we're, we're speeding up web pages. We're enforcing best practices. What's wrong? Oh, yeah. Um, so I would say first to talk about what is good about it. Like you agree, the or like you said, the user experience, I think, on mobile it's pretty good. It's nice to see a page that loads in a tenth to a quarter of a second. Um, you know, it, it has that lightning bolt, so you have a little boost of confidence when you tap on a link that you're about to see a really quick web page. Uh, that about is where it ends for me in terms of the pros of AMP. Um, the issues <laughs> I have, yeah, and the issues I have, and this is such a juxtaposition from a couple weeks ago where we had John Ossop on to talk about the origins of the web and hypertext and how it distributed and no one owns the web is the fact that you now have what are almost like web components where you're using non-traditional markup that's completely reliant on Google uh, Google's AMP JavaScript um, library. It won't load without that library because it's not, it's not valid markup. Um, like you said, you end up many links that you end up getting are then cached from google.com. So when you then go and try to copy and paste your URL, you're now linking to google.com slash, I think it's amp slash s slash mywebsite.com, et cetera. Um, so it's just muddying up URLs, which is pretty gross. They did add the ability to grab the canonical link um, up in the little header that they slap onto your web page. That takes us into that header that follows you all the way down with a little like Google.com up at the top. Um, it, it, it one thing I'm a little bit of a power user when it comes to mobile, and I, I constantly use the Find On Page at least in iOS, where mm. you hit the Share uh, sheet and then hit Find On Page. And if I want to say, okay, is a person or a thing mentioned on this page? Let me type it in. Uh, because of the way Google AMP uh, kind of hijacks the way a page naturally scrolls so that you can flick left and right and see more and more articles. Uh, that doesn't work anymore. Um, and I just, I, I have, you know, such a, such an issue with, is it a philosophical problem that you have more than a technical one? It's both. It's yeah. all of the above. The only thing I like is that it is quick to load. Um, that's about it. So let me play um, the I, devil's I, advocate yeah. on one of the things that you mentioned about the non-standard markup that won't mm -hmm. load. Um, does that mean that you don't like Vue.js? Because if you're I, um, using Vue, you're getting custom components that you can have 
non-standard markup, and it's not going to load unless Vue.js loads, and your component loads, for that matter. Yeah, I have a... I go back and forth on Vue because I do like all the tools that it gives you and the fact that you can have state on your pages and do a whole lot that otherwise, you know, is tough. But um, at least then I'm making that decision for my code. Um, right. Granted, no one's forcing you to use AMP, but they, in a way, almost are where they're giving preferential treatment to websites that utilize AMP. Right. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And, and you yeah. can also argue that you using Vue you don't have to use components, right? I mean, it, sure. it definitely makes things more... Sure, and you do progressive enhancement and say, okay, right. we're going to you know, use a Node.js experience that you know, if JS isn't there, it's going to load in, or maybe it does a redirect or whatever you'd have to do, depending on if you have server-side rendering. But uh, yeah, you, know, you still have that option. Um, with AMP, I think it's all or nothing. And because you know, and this is a big part of the AMP letter, which we'll get to in a little bit, yep. they're really giving preferential treatment on Google.com to websites that are using AMP. And, 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 um, and let yeah. me just, uh, and I want to get everyone else's opinion on all of this stuff too, but I got a couple other things that I want to kind of sneak in there. Um, so I've been looking at Google AMP and what they're trying to do. And my longstanding opinion on it is that the reason Google AMP was created was that all of us sitting here collectively, um, and I don't just mean, you know, uh, I mean the royal we. I mean web developers have done a god awful job <laughs> making websites. I mean there are a lot of websites out there that are just absolutely atrocious, and the, yep. the news websites are probably the worst offenders um, in terms of they're incredibly slow to load. There are ads everywhere, and they're just it's an awful, awful experience on most websites. And I think that the Google AMP initiative was created because there are all these lousy websites out there in terms of performance and Google through their research knew that performance is a big concern, especially for people on mobile. And there's literally no other way that they could enforce this type of, uh, experience without coming up with a framework like amp that says you shall not do this because one of people's first reactions to amp is, Oh man, you, you mean I can't have you know, my gigabyte of JavaScript loaded? You mean I can't load this, you know, massive image? I have to be concerned about the image size, you know? The, the, the restrictions are something that takes people aback when they're first developing AMP, but it is those restrictions that are making it performant. So how else could they do it? Well, yeah. Sure, but I mean, I think there's that, but there's also what's the motivation? Was it altruistic and... You know, they that's, just cared about making the web a better, faster place for everyone. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. It, yeah. as Good, is yeah. the case with a lot of Google products. Um, it's it benefits one party more than almost any other party, and that's Google. I can think of another party that it benefits. The party that it benefits is the client that you are developing this website for, for exactly the reasons we discussed in terms of the the preferential ranking the more likely that people are going to click through. I mean, I, I was just on a, a consulting conference call helping to interview a digital marketer uh, for a, a company that I do consulting work with. And one of the topics that we broached in the interview was Google AMP. What do you think? Do you think it's a good idea? And every single one of them from a digital marketing perspective was like, hell yeah. Like we anything that we can do 
to be, you know, boosted in the ratings, we're absolutely going to do. And just think about the industry that used to, you know, stuff keywords and do link astroturfing and do all sorts of absolutely horrible things to try and get a better ranking. Of course, they're going to do it. Of course, they're going to want to use it, right? Well, I mean, of course, they're going to want to use it. But, uh, you know, going back to what Patrick said about Google's motivation and to what your, your question about whether there is another way, of course, there is another way. Uh, they could just, I mean, they did that with PageSpeed Insights and whatnot, right? They dinged your site in search results if it didn't meet a certain, like if everything else was exactly equal, all the content was exactly equal. If one site loads, you know, 20% faster, that one gets a boost in page ranking. Like they right. already did that. So, you know, this is exclusively, you know, and my super leftist anti-capitalist stuff is really <laughs> going to come out uh, in this in this, in this this episode. But they're, you know, they're, they're, attempting to create you know a walled garden mm. uh you know they're, they're trying to keep people on you know on google services and and that's their that's their point as a business is to maximize right uh, you know return and so this is and as far as as far as um benefiting clients um i don't know that that's true it's true in the sense that it's going to help them with google results but it's adding another layer of development costs uh to, to now you have to add an amp layer um, and how and, and how fractured is that going to get? Is there going to be is AMP going to be something? I mean, I tried, you know, in research to try and find out if there's any other search engines that were utilizing this. It seems like there's a few in China, uh, as far as I could as far as I could tell. So is this going to become proprietary? Is there going to be a Bing AMP layer? Is there going to be? Well, a, you know what I mean? But the, the, but the thing, point the point the point is, is that I don't think it it, it helps clients that can afford it. So there you go. Right. It's 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 helping large and that was in the research that i've done it's, it's helping large news organizations and stuff right but it's it's gonna cost it's gonna be it's gonna add a cost to smaller sites that a lot of them can't afford so well, let me let know. me address um that one point that you mentioned about search engines and who's using it and who's not um in one sense it kind of doesn't really matter because again the amp page is always in conjunction with your existing page right so it's not like you're not going to exist just because the the search engine uh, doesn't take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. um, you're really just going to get kind of that extra boost if you happen to be uh, using Google or some other search engine uh, that supports the the AMP markup. Uh, Michael, you look like you want to say something. What are your thoughts on Google AMP? Oh, man. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> they are you, you, Wait, hold on. Do you have your computer science badge handy with you this episode as well? I have my there it is. computer scientist credentials. <laughs> Looks like the right. credentials today are whiskey. All right, go ahead. Uh, Excellent. In, in fact, in fact, it's Amaro. Amaro oh, on ice. Is very fancy. What we're today. All right. Um, because my when it when I you know when it comes to amp, my heart is especially bitter. So, a bitter liqueur for a bitter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, um, okay, hate, so, I'm, so I'm outnumbered. I actually, I was privileged to. Uh, uh, to give a, a talk at CSSConf. Um, right. Uh, and that was a fantastic talk, by the way. Uh, about AMP. And, we got to link uh, that in the show notes. That so was I, a really good I, talk. I dove quite deep into AMP and, and uh, uh, read the spec pretty much cover to cover and uh, talked with uh, some of the core team members. Um, and so um, I, I will, will say right off the bat, I am a fan of uh, AMP. Um, but I think... So what's the bitterness? So, so, well, I mean, it's bittersweet, right? Um, AMP is awful. Um, the, the, AMP, the AMP spec um, is 
Um, the amp spec is so limited. Um, the ecosystem is so siloed. Um, e even though it, it purports to be very open, it forces us into, into a lot of silos. And the fact that we need AMP in the first place is um, just a real incrimination of developers everywhere, as you said. I agree. Um, and, and so like AMP as a topic is just like it's sad that we need it and it's sad the way that we had to do it. Um, but I think that um, uh, I think it was a necessary and helpful speed bump. Well, yeah, um, Michael. I, I mean, I think it came at a at a at a good time um, in in the industry. And so, so yeah, I mean, it's like I'm bitter about AMP as much as the next web. Well, dev, but, Michael, but I, I understand it. why you're you're bitter about it because it, it's kind of like you know when there's legislation on it's illegal to have sex with animals. Like it's sad. That we have to have that legislation. Wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, good. You okay. saved that right at the end. I was like, well, no, no. Where are we going with this? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, it, it is really, it's a, it's an indictment, and it's very sad that our society needs a law saying that and many other things. And I agree with you on that point. It's really easy to have a shallow conversation about uh, about AMP that is just based on kind of the surface level. How does the uh, the average like developer get into AMP. Like, what is the first impression of a developer getting into AMP? And I think that um, if we kind of take a step back um, and and look at kind of the the philosophy and purpose of AMP, it's we can sort of have a better discussion, right? So right. we know from lots of research that mobile web performance is key for good experience. And uh, you mentioned a report by Google. I think it was called the Need for Speed. We yes. And that has all their research and their stats. Stats like after four seconds, um, I think like uh, like forty percent of your traffic uh, drops off after four seconds of waiting for a thing to load, uh, or three seconds maybe. And then like after ten seconds, almost a hundred percent of your traffic is gone yeah. if they're still waiting for your thing. Right. So super super important. And and Google obviously um, has a huge vested interest in having performant platforms because when they send you to a result. If that result ticks you off because it's slow, then that has a negative halo effect back on Google and your experience of the Google platform. Um, and so, yeah, they're they're hugely interested in um, a faster web. But I, I think that there is some altruism to to that interest as well, right? Like it is good for user experience for things to be fast. And then following from that, we know that we have good best practices. Um, for making things fast on the web and on the mobile web. Um, and, and those best practices are well-studied and well-published. Um, and and highly is, ignored. And, and the problem is that nobody is implementing them. Well, I, um, I do them, but I mean, I work with web developers all day and night. And if they get like sure. a, a poor Google PageSpeed Insight score, you know, they either get angry sure. or they say that doesn't to, matter or, you know, back whatever. Back two years to when we started talking about AMP and two years ago, even though we knew the stuff that would make the web fast, almost nobody was doing it. Like it was a niche market for perf matters. The bigger companies right? were, I'll tell you that. And so, and so, um, and so, AMP comes from this motivation that if we know that things being fast is key for our users' experience, and we have the best practices to make things fast, then we should have a system for validating right. that things will be fast. And 
incentivizing everybody to make their stuff fast. And so I think that was kind of the motivation where that, that birthed the AMP project was we need a way to guarantee that things are fast. Like if they look fast, we know that they're fast. And also we've got to incentivize people to, uh, to use these best practices and to make their stuff fast. Yeah. And well, so, um, let so me get, let me get back to something right? that, that Earl said earlier is like who benefits, you know, the big companies benefit, they have the money to spend on this. I mean, you could make the same argument about any kind of web performance work, right? Because it's usually something that is, if it's done by freelancers, it's done last as an afterthought and small budget clients, like it's just not going to happen. Um, but the, the other thing that, uh, Earl mentioned was who benefits. And I, I can tell you just from my, my personal self, I benefit from this because when I search for something on my mobile device and I see a link to like MSNBC or whatever, nine, nine times out of 10, when I press it, like 10 seconds later, it's still loading and the bar is going like this and it's white and I, I want to like throw my phone out the window. So the fact yeah. that I can get a, a search result that when I tap on it, it immediately comes up. I benefit from that. Hey, Patrick, well, why is an amp awesome, Patrick? I mean, what is... Okay, first of all, let's yeah, in yeah. full transparency, who here has implemented a site that uses AMP? I know I have. Michael I think, has. I think we all have. I refuse to. Yeah. Right. You refuse yeah, to. Well, you, so, so let me, Andrew, let me, let me okay. squeeze yeah. one more point in here. All right, go to ahead. Kind of, because I kind of want to flavor the conversation with this, right? AMP was never meant to be and is not meant to be a long-running gig. AMP was from the outset meant to be a proof of concept of this motivation that we need a system for verifying that things are fast and incentivizing people to make them fast. And already, like uh, as recently as, um, gosh, I think around New Year's, um, there was a big buzz um, about Google using uh starting to use the the user experience data and the page speed insights data right. as a a uh, a more weighty right uh, factor in their their page rank stuff um and so the future that we all want and the future that google and the amp partners which isn't just google by the way it's google and twitter and wordpress and vox and the new york times and bbc and like a ton of it's not just Google, Facebook, Twitter. It, it's big. It's big publishers yeah. that have a vested interest in a fast mobile web, right? But the vision that that we all want, and what this project is pushing us towards, is we need a way to verify that things are fast and incentivize people to make them fast, and we want that to be as open as possible, while still being effective. Right. And so now that we have tools like Lighthouse and Caliber and PageSpeed Insights that are starting to um, to enable broader swaths of developers to really get into mobile web performance and are enabling our systems to sort of automate um, and, uh, and systematize our verification of things that are fast, like what it means to be fast and how can we tell that something is consistently fast. I, I, get, I get everything that you're saying. Stuff like AMP like the specific AMP spec that we started with, we're going to see less and uh, fewer and fewer projects using that and more and more projects embracing. Right. Michael, like, I, get, I get everything that you're saying, but I guess my counterpoint would be that it didn't work 
until there was a stick. Until right. until Google was actually punishing people, no one gave a crap about performance. And I've been beating this yeah. drum for a long time. Well, I say no one. I think the big clients uh, definitely were because companies, you know, as far back, I think 2011, Walmart was doing research on performance and all that kind of stuff. I agree with you that I think AMP started. I think some geeks like came up with this idea and thought altruistic and thought that this is great. But I also am not naive. I think that some business types in Google found this project and were like, wow, how can we benefit from this and how can we make money from this? Um, but, uh, you know, uh, let's let's get Patrick in here because I think we need a, a little bit of counterweight here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's stunning that we've gone a half hour and the word advertising hasn't come up. Yeah, yet. Um, there it because is. Because, you know, to, and that's where I was going with, you know, did Google do this altruistically because they just think, gosh darn it, I want the web to be a little bit faster and everyone to get their information a little more quickly? No. They wanted to get ads loaded at a higher volume, make mm-hmm. sure that people get to the web page that they're going to, that there's better click-throughs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, if they navigate off um, the page, you don't get the uh, the ad revenue, right? And, oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. The other thing is that, oh, isn't it nice that they're caching all this data for you? They also are now spying on a massive volume of the web, as if they weren't already through Google Analytics. They now get a whole lot more information because the traffic is coming right to them. Um, I think it's very telling that when AMP, I mean, AMP's been out for over two years now. I mean, it, it um, first really kind of came up uh, late 2015, but when it first came out, as you know, you know, noted, there were only a handful of things you could put on a page other than text. Right. Um, images, uh, video, which had to be an MPEG-4 video, I believe. I don't know if you could do YouTube early on. There must have been some way to do YouTube. Yeah. Um, there was tracking pixels, and there were ads. Um Five ad networks. Three of them were ad networks that no one really knows of, and two of them were Google ones. Shocking. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I think you know, to me, yes, having a faster web is a good thing. I love the speed that I get when I load an AMP page. Uh, I would much rather though live in a world where uh, Google ranked fast web pages, and you know, irrespective of where they're coded in AMP or where they're just done with good best practices. Right. Um, and, and, you know, just said, okay, you know, they're loading things really quickly. We want to get that up, you know, and it's not altruistic. They want to get things loading quickly so that, um, you know, they can get ads on the page more quickly. Well, from some, in, in some sense, they already are kind of doing what you're saying in that page speed, irrespective of whether it is from AMP or not, is a ranking signal. Um, and we'll definitely get into, um, the, right, but like who, the top who, news carousel and all that is just right. such brilliant right. placement and when you have right. those up at the top and those pretty little lightning bolts um that's it everything else just gets pushed way down that's it so if a client comes to you patrick big yeah. big client big paycheck they say we're a news organization this is important to us we need amp what's your answer oh i'll build that i was joking when i said that i refuse to it's more okay. that i just haven't been asked to. so you're morally flexible <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> when it comes to, when there's money on the line, sure. Right. But um, no, I, I mean, I would build one, but I'd also say, you know, Google has a history of abandoning projects. Right. Um, there was Google Wave, and there was Google Reader, and Google. There's so many I can't remember, but Google what happens? Plus? When some, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happens when someday Google says, "Okay, the AMP project is being deprecated. We're moving to something else." 
Um, you know, in one year, all those google.com slash mywebsite.com URLs, we're going to redirect them for a good long time, but then eventually... Well, who cares? The, the the canonical page still exists. Like, does it matter? If people, many people just, you know, copy and paste the link, um, I'm sure there's a, a silly number of hard-coded URLs out there pointing to google.com right now, thinking that they're linking to the real web page. Well, um I'll tell you yeah. what. Let's give so, Jonathan so, a let's in, give in Jonathan most, a chance. In most cases where you can grab a URL, uh, you should be getting the the AMP URL. Um, the the cache URL is is kind of only used for for web views. Like if you're embedded in a platform like like right. a Google search result or Twitter. Like if you a user can see the URL and you're not digging through source code. Like if your UI is showing you a URL uh, or you're sharing it, you should be getting um, the canonical URL. Well, let's that's, give that's let's, the goal anyway. Let's well, that doesn't always that definitely doesn't always happen. Uh, I grab a lot of Google.com URLs. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's give Jonathan a chance to chime in on this. So, Jonathan, you are not a fan of AMP. Do you are your reasons similar to to Patrick's, or do you have uh, kind of other reasons why you're against it? My views almost completely mirror uh, Patrick's views. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is not a a case where Google is just you know for the good of the good of the web, the good of everyone who uses the internet um, has decided that pages need to be faster. This is all about what's good for Google. And um, it's bad for Google um, as uh, someone who makes almost all of the revenue from selling ads to have a web that's slow because then mm-hmm. people are going to stop, start turning to apps and stuff right. like that. And they're not going to be making their, their, um, the revenue that they're making now. So, okay, so, yeah, let's say Google about, benefits, but why is that bad? Like, why is it bad that Google is benefiting? I mean, it's not it's not bad that Google's benefiting as long as you understand what you're getting. I right. feel like a lot of times Google presents itself as um, having these altruistic motives when, in fact, it's really all about Google. The, the problem with the AMP is... Um, is that, you know, the problem that it's trying to solve, like if you have a slow website, like it seems like just fix your website, you know, the idea that you would just throw your hands up in the air and be like, I guess we're just going to have to use AMP um, and and sort of seed your independence that you have over your content and your site over to Google. That just seems like an outrageous solution uh, uh, but the, but the big problem is no one was doing it. Like we've had these performance profiling right. tools for forever. Right. And right. I, I talk to web developers all the time and you know that I've been even, I mean, annoying people to the point of harassment about, <laughs> about <laughs> web performance and they don't care. They don't right. care. So you need, you know, I, in some things you do need a stick to try and get yeah. people well, to be doing this. It's stuff. not necessarily that people didn't care, but like performance as an entire like area of of developer skill is kind of intimidating to get into like there's right. a lot of you have to understand a lot of That's the true. foundational tech that the web is built on and how browsers work and so but not if you use amp i think i think um <laughs> i think that a great deal of value that amp provides and that amp set out to provide is kind of this spec and this tool set that gives you speed for free as a starter right you well by for free this, but you're selling part of your soul okay right. but but by using <laughs> this markup you can build a page that is guaranteed right. to be fast right so 
that's great out of the door i've i i get my speed for free but yep. then sort of the next step is by starting to understand why amp works um and the reason for the rules that amp imposes in its spec i start to absorb some of these best practices by seeing them in action and you give me the lego block that does it for me for free in one line of code right um, and that just gets me a foot in the door to start understanding, oh, this is how AMP is helping me, um, you know, uh, build a page that doesn't need to load all of its assets in order to render its layout. Right. Um, and, and, and that's know, true. Like when I first looked into inline my scripts or styles or whatever, like, right, it's a foot in the door. Well, when yeah, I first, it, when I, uh, Michael, when I first looked into AMP, I was reading it over. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. They're they're basically codifying pretty much everything that I'm already doing from a right. performance point of view. But I'm I'm interested, Earl, you've been hearing us kind of go back and forth. I'm interested. To, do you have anything else that you want to uh, kind of get your two cents in on AMP over here? Well, I mean, the main thing that, you know, you keep bringing up is about the, the stick, uh, yeah. you know, and as far as I as far as I knew, um, you know, Google was doing this before AMP. I mean, they were not as hard though. They, well, but still, I mean, they were still doing it. Um, and I just, yeah, it's hard for me to like, if this, if this project had come from W3, uh, or, or, you know, well, not, I was going to say, or somebody, but if it came from like W3, I'd be more inclined to be interested in it, but because it's, you know, uh, the idea of Google caching huge parts of the internet just like bothers me fundamentally. It seems antithetical <laughs> to the, the 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 nature of the internet. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I, it seems like it's getting, you know, between. I mean, you know, Facebook has instant um, instant articles and things yeah. like that. It seems like these bubbles are getting smaller and smaller and trying to lock people, which of course is, you know, what they need to do to generate revenue. And um, and Apple but, has Apple News. Right, of course. And yeah, they're yeah. all doing the same they're thing. All, they're all doing the same thing. Yeah, and, and, not, and I though. hate all it's not the same yeah, thing. It's not. With, with those, you're in a iOS app, an Android app. That, you know, When you're on Facebook.com, you never get some bare-bones, Facebook-blessed, Facebook-spied-on page uh, loading in your web browser. The web browser's always been, you know, I can choose what I want to load, but now when it comes to AMP, you're being subverted into this Google approved way of coding, Google hosted web page. Only if you use Google. Yeah. Well, I wasn't speaking necessarily technically either. It was more like the philosophical idea of trying to keep people within the ecosystem. Sure. But that is exactly what's happening though. Like if I build a Facebook instant article, I am using a Facebook markup spec that defines a set of things that I can have in my Facebook article. And the reason that I'm doing that is so that Facebook can cash the heck out of it and guarantee that when it renders in my Facebook app, it's fast, and it's the same with Apple News, and it's yep. the same with all of these sort of siloed newsy distribution apps. And the only difference is that Google, instead of loading your highly tuned, optim- your Google optimized article in an app, is that it's loading it on the open web. Right, um, right. Which, to me, even though there's the sort of film of Google Sketch. Um, um, and not Google Sketch the product, Google yeah. Sketchiness. There's this film of, of this icky feeling about Google caching all this content. Fine, I get it. I have that same icky feeling. But it is, in fact, by definition, less siloed because it is an open spec. Uh, 
there are it's not well, just I, Google. I, but I think right? Patrick's argument is the context, right? So sure. if you're if you're in your Apple News app, okay, it's reasonable that I'll get Apple's gated news there. If you have Facebook open, okay, it's reasonable that you're going to get um, Facebook instant articles there and served up to you. Um, I th- and, and Patrick, you can elaborate on this, but I think what you're saying is that you think it's unreasonable that if you just use the Google search engine, you're instantly in Google's ecosystem. And I think they would argue that you're using their search engine. You're goddamn right you're in our ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, that's not the way the web's supposed to be, that when you go to a website, you're leaving that website, you're linking from one page to another, you leave it behind. We're not, you know, Google's almost bringing back frames uh, right. to the point where they're <laughs> yeah. loading you up a web page within their web page. That's you're true. Still, you never yeah. get to get away from them. But the uh, context, and this, and this really does have news, though. Like, we are using Google News when you're getting the, the news carousel at the top of your search results, and you're using Google News when you get an AMP link from another article. Like, Google News is a product. Yeah, that's and their product. You know, it's embedded in their search results page, but it is still Google News. And, like, right. like AMP does isn't really built for the entire internet. It's not built for all sites. It's really focused on publishers and especially news publishers. And so when you are interacting with AMP and you're sort of under the thumb of AMP's rules, you are probably in the context of Google News. So Patrick, um, you fire up Facebook, the Facebook app on your phone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You tap on something and you get a Facebook article. Would you feel any better if on your phone um, you had to launch a Google app to use Google search, which would then bring up your AMP link. I would feel much better about that. Yeah, and there is a Google app, uh, you know, that you can use to jump straight to Google and have the microphone at your thumb tap away and everything. And it, it you know, it almost makes the iOS app feel more like what Android just has natively. But, but, but uh, they would argue yeah, and if that you Chrome. Said, hey, we have much better mobile experience when you use the Google app. Yeah, I think that's fine. You know, but I just don't like people breaking the web or, or trying to silo the web. So um, I think the I, real issue here is the the scope of the reach, right? I mean, let, let's face it, Google just owns the web, at least in the US, in terms of search. And I think kind of what we're saying here is, well, okay, you know, we may have issues with the whole walled garden approach, but if you want to do it, go ahead and do it. But the reach of Google is just so enormous uh-huh. that it's a monopoly and it is then affecting everything. Does that sound? I mean, and actually, Jonathan, you were going to mention something before. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to mention. Um, I forget what we were talking about, but there's there's a lot. To, <laughs> we're talking about Google Amp. To dis- yeah, Google Amp. That's what we're talking about. There's a lot to dislike about Google Amp, but not having the canonical URL. I mean, there's actually security implications to this. Also, there's a story. Um, I forgot when it when this happened. I guess it was around 2014. Russian hackers were uh, sent out phishing emails mm. and they used Google AMP to trick people into going to a pe- fake password reset page. Right. Now, as developers, sometimes <laughs> maybe we even have to give sketching looking URLs a second look because it, you can do tricky things by having Google dash something.com or whatever. You got, have to give it a second look. You send someone to an AMP page that is used for phishing, Google.com. I mean, this looks this looks legit. This would be immediately obvious if that weren't the case. So I think this is yet another. And it's um, and it's even using a Google SSL cert, 
which mm. made yes, it absolutely, tricky. absolutely. So you see SSL, you see Google.com, you see a page that looks like you're resetting your Gmail password. I mean, this is yeah. I wonder if there are any liability issues. Like, what if uh, you know, what if someone is serving up some AMP content? Because there's no real approval process, and let's say they right. start serving up some illegal stuff, like some horrible things, is and but it's actually Google that's serving it. Are they on the hook? What if they are sure serving the up? What, what if there's sure Google's lawyers are way ahead of us? And <laughs> well, you, I was just gonna you, say you're, you're probably right. You really, I'm sure there is. Well, in, in that, in I that didn't case, sign any license. It, you you use their licensed code, and so you agreed to their licensing. Probably, yeah, the, but the, I the, I don't know. That doesn't mean there can't be a lawsuit though. The legal aspect is that Google, in that case, is a service provider, uh, and, and they're hosting content that they are not responsible for. Um, in the way that if, um, you know, if you host something illegal on your web host, um, on your DigitalOcean box, you know, DigitalOcean can shut you down, but they're not responsible for your content. But mm. so that's that's kind of a, a moot point. But it is very worth noting that, as originally implemented, and I think they've they fixed a lot of this, but as originally implemented, anything that you pulled up on an AMP URL looked like it was signed by Google right. on the surface, which which was a pretty um, comedically bad right. uh, circus of, of events. I think that was like last uh, August, September that that yeah, really wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Hit, hit a stride. Um, yeah, that was... That's like 10 years ago in internet years, though. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, and again, this is pointing to we really don't want AMP to be a permanent thing, right? AMP is supposed to be a proof of concept. It's not supposed to be a tech that the entire web is going to be built on. Tell that it to is, Google. I don't think they agree with that. Uh, I mean, the, the latest uh, rumblings in the AMP project and the posts to the Webmaster Central blog are all pushing in the direction of, like... We have proved our concept with AMP. We proved that a system for validating that things are fast and incentivizing people to make them fast did work, but we also now have a ton of tech to make that broader and more open-ended than just this spec of HTML that we created for news publishers. Right. Like We can now do that on a much broader scale like the um well they also the, the they Chrome also user experience report is is mind-blowingly significant to me and nobody's right. talking about it right the fact that we are now like aggregating page speed data about the entire internet at scale and using it to make meaningful distinctions about how things should rank like yeah. that is mind-blowingly important and yeah. has huge ramifications for the impermanence of AMP. Yeah, and don't you can't ignore Lighthouse anymore, you know? Right. And the other thing that AMP did is it gave Gruber something that he can rant about and get click-throughs and then get ads, right? He, he gave him yeah. and, and him well, and a bunch of other people stuff it, to rant awesome. about, you know? Right. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, John Gruber uh, has a an Apple uh, blog, daringfireball.net. And yep. I mean, he goes as far as to begrudge the fact that javascript is allowed on uh web pages yeah he's he's uh, a little extreme about this but i mean the irony is yeah. him writing rants about you know google and google trying to benefit from this i mean he's monetizing that with people going to his blogs so it's kind of a, i don't know it's kind of amusing but so why don't we um i do want to ask this of both jonathan uh and earl too so jonathan 
one of your clients comes to you, one of these high-profile celebrities that you're doing stuff for all the time, and they say, look, we need to, we need a Google AMP page. What are you going to, are you going to do it? Yes. All right. Yes, absolutely. So I think we're in the business of serving our clients. I would say probably all of this um, would feel that way. So we, we sort of advise and consent, but ultimately um, it's the client's decision uh, what direction they take their business in and what, what decisions they make. We can offer them advice. We can try to point them in the right direction. But if they are saying, look, this decision is made. We need you to help us implement this. You know, it's, wow. AMP is not like a hill that I that I would die on. Well, we I'm all have a, a line, though. It. We all have a line. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if if a client that, comes, that wouldn't be a line for me. If a client yeah. comes to me and says, you know, and it, you know they never would because it doesn't work anymore. But they said, you know, we want you to keyword stuff this page and astroturf links everywhere, or we want yeah. you to set up a WordPress site. I would say no. Yeah. Go somewhere else. Right. I'm not going to do it. So <laughs> right. we all have a line. What about Earl? Yeah. Your your buddies at the print shop, right? Say, look, in order to grow, in order to feed our families and grow this business, <laughs> we need to set yeah. up Google AMP for our pages because we're getting killed by our competitors. Yeah. What do you say? Uh, and just for you know context, uh, I have a legacy client that I've been working with for years that owns a, a print shop. So um, that they were the <laughs> actually the only example I could think of where. I might like I wouldn't take a new client on that was like oh and also we need amp you know but I, I'm in a different position than a lot of people too I'm a single dude I don't have a family I freelance you know what I mean I so I right. really I mean I'm doing this because I can do whatever I want all the time that's my main motivation you're like uh, Cartman I do what I want yeah yeah I mean basically like so you know for uh, but in terms so with, you would do it I mean I would advise against it and you know bring my my uh, philosophical qualms up as as much as I could and try to explain to them that their website is already, you know, uh, it's a performance issue and, you know. Um, but you would do it. I probably, I probably would. Because, well, the other thing too is that they're, they were friends of mine first. I've known these guys for 20 years. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So for some reason, I couldn't take them out and get them drunk and talk them out of it. So a new client comes I to guess. you. No, that'd be a pet. They've got a, they got a $100,000 budget and they say, Earl, we need you for a month's worth of work. You got to get Google <laughs> AMP up and running. You're gonna you're gonna send them to me. I mean that's a, that's an insane no, send them hypothetical. To me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean <laughs> you know a month, a, month, I, a month's worth of work. I mean uh, you know again like I know I'm I'm intentionally making it somewhat absurd. Right. But I mean, I'd be happy. Would you refer the client to me? Because oh, I, mean, I would like, take them. Well, you know, hundred k. <laughs> like that's the thing is that that's you know. Now we're we're getting even further into philosophy, right? Because if I say if I say yes and I take it, I pay off my mom's house, right? You know what I mean? Like, which is a different. But no, I mean, I I'm not. I mean, I know this is stupid. Uh, you guys are all in a different boat than me, but um, I re- genuinely don't do this for the money. I do this because it lets me work 15 hours a week. Sure. Uh, so you know, my motivations for being in this business in the first place are completely different. So would you would you then turn it down? The 100k? Yeah. No, because I'd pay off my mom's house. Okay. Uh, so it's not really, it's not like a really... Well, what, what you do with like, the money is irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know? I mean, I don't think it is, but, uh, uh, you know, if I, if, if I was alone in the universe, 
no, I probably still wouldn't. I'd probably right. take it still. But I don't know right. if that's true. No one's ever waved 100K in front of me, so. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and so like I would come in the middle. I, I think you know, like Earl, I would make sure they understood it and understood that there are some drawbacks to it. They're giving up a little bit of how they host their own content, the versatility we can do, and what their sites may look like on mobile. Yep. Um, but there are obviously a lot of pros to it as well as some cons. My biggest issue, and I think the AMP letter, uh, which uh, I think I first found through John Gruber or through Twitter, um, yep. I think addresses it well. Is that they're uh, you know almost making AMP pages uh, first-class citizens on the web, and every other website, no matter what their page speed score or anything else, are, are a little bit more second-class. Um, yeah, so let's talk about that, actually. It's a really, that's an awesome segue. So, do I, get to, do I, I get to say whether I would... Uh, you're a com- you're a complete <laughs> slut. We know you would do it. We don't even need to ask you. It's pointless. I wouldn't, actually. Um, in in all of the cases that you that you mentioned, I wouldn't, um, because um, in all of the cases that you mentioned, it it doesn't benefit my client. No, no, I, I I was starting it with the presupposition that it did. Right, but but in none of the cases that we are talking about does it benefit them. Right, like if I have a a, a print shop or a, a celebrity uh, website, like no, the, the celebrity has a blog and they're. You know their their neighbor Jay Z. Their blog gets more hits because he's got an amp page. I want to have it. You know. A- yeah, anyway, so we have to remember that we are in the attention business, right? And so, if true. the thing that you are doing is like if you are working for a news publisher, then the goal should be to get their news or whatever they're publishing in front of the eyeballs. And the way that we do that is we stick them in AMP and Apple News right. and Alexa daily briefings and wherever Everything. the attention is. Everywhere. Right? No yep. matter how siloed it is, we yep. don't care. Like, yep. stick them in front of the eyeballs. Yep. If I'm a pr- – like, you will never see the AMP version of michaelrog.com. It exists. It exists because I, like, felt like doing it on a whim to prove that I could. But you'll never see it because you're never going to search for michaelrog.com in Google News. Right? Well, and you so, see at NY Studio 107, I've got AMP versions right. of, of my articles, and you see them. And not yeah. only do you, do you see them, which is kind of interesting in the, the search results page, but if I tweet out a link to one of them, if you're in Twitter and mm-hmm. you tap on yeah. one of those links, you're going to get the AMP page the if AMP you're page. on a mobile device. Because Twitter is now scraping the pages, and if there is an AMP URL in that page... It's yeah. going to serve that up, even though you tweeted out your normal link. <laughs> Although I think in, in iOS 11, I think it actually strips out the AMP URL. So, like, I think if you share an AMP URL, like in a message or something, iOS yes. will strip it out, and you'll just get the canonical. You get, yes, you, you see the canonical URL, but what gets loaded in the web view is the AMP page because it's cached and on the CDN and it's super fast and all that. But, but you see, okay. see the web. But, but my point is, like, we are, if we're talking about like, our philosophical qualms with the specific AMP spec, I think that's the wrong question. The question is, does this tech benefit the project I'm working on sure. to get it in front of the right eyeballs? Sure. And that's, and that's the yes or no answer. Well, I was just making a, a, a presupposition that it did for the for the sake of argument. But so let's let's transition to what um, Patrick was raised about this uh, Google AMP letter. Um, so it's a, a letter that was put out. Uh, it's at ampletter.org, and we'll link to it in the show notes. 
And it's essentially just a, a number of individuals and uh, agencies and just groups that have signed a letter to Google, basically voicing a number of the concerns that we have brought up here um, in terms of Google AMP. And kind of one of the, the arguments that they're making this letter, and you know, as someone that I wouldn't say I'm pro-AMP, I'm, I'm not against AMP either. I think that it's, it's great in some situations, um, and I've implemented it, and I'm going to be implementing it soon. However, I, I fully agree with what they're saying in this AMP letter. Um, and essentially, they're saying that a, the search engine result they shouldn't be giving it a premium just because it's an AMP page. What it should be doing is looking at the speed index and have there be a certain criteria. And if it meets that criteria, then it gets the, the same benefits that an AMP page would get, which sounds totally reasonable to me, especially as someone that I am implementing these performance best practices anyway. If what we really care about is the performance that their people are going to be getting out of this page, why don't we just make it merit-based? Like, why does it have to be an actual AMP page? Why can't it just be any page that meets a certain speed criteria is then up there? Like any other Google search result, you know, it's based on um, how authoritative it's considered to be, how many people are linking to it, right. um, this kind of thing. It's right. just, yeah, AMP completely goes against um, um that strategy. Well, and on, on the surface, I agree with this, but I think that one of the things that Google would then say is, well, with AMP, we can guarantee it because it's on our CDN. We have a worldwide CDN so that no matter where the person is coming from, they're going to get great performance. And even if you have a site that performs well, you know, based out of it's in Morocco and it performs really well for people there. It may or may not perform well, you know, in Australia or overseas. And then you're getting into a even more complicated subject of, you know, how are they going to rate this thing in terms of performance? Are they going to take an aggregate of the performance based on, you know, worldwide results or, you know, how are they going to do that? Well, Google's opinion for a while has been that fast content is relevant content. Yep. And that opinion is backed up by a lot of user engagement data. Yeah, that's a given uh, as far as I'm from concerned. Google and others, right? So, like, we have to start from that as a premise that, like, yes, the your your term frequency and inverse document frequency and in-linking and all that stuff, like, those are signals for relevance, yep. but also they're useless signals if nobody ever reads the content because it takes 10 seconds to load, right? So fast content is relevant content, and I think Google is justified in installing Starting from that premise. Well, what do you think about the premise, this number one premise from this AMP letter, which is basically stop giving preference to AMP and start just doing it based on how quickly the page loads. Like, yeah, forget about whether it's AMP or not, just whatever well, exactly this thing what they're is. Doing. That's exactly what they're doing. Um, you know, like, AMP is still getting that little lightning bolt, man, and it sounds stupid, but it means a lot. It really does. Yes, yeah, AMP, AMP gets your lightning bolt, and if you are in the context of Google News, then then you're going to get that news story slider. I I really don't know how long that's uh, that is for this world, though. I I you know AMP is a proof of concept, and is it? Um, and I and I think that we are going to see AMP kind of uh, sunset itself. Uh, I mean, like this project is two years old in the grand scheme of time. Like this is a blip 
in in time. And I think that AMP will, will sunset itself quickly, especially now that Google has come out and said, look, this is exactly what we are doing. We are looking at uh, DOM content loaded time and first contentful paint time, and we are bucketing everybody into fast, medium, and slow. And if your aggregate is slow on, on these key stats, then we think you're less relevant. So and you... if your aggregate is fast, then we think you're more relevant. And, and I think that the more that the web becomes aware of performance and the more ubiquitously developers are doing good performance work and the better the tech gets for validating the performance work that sites are doing, the more we are going to see Google using these absolutely agnostic, like tech agnostic stats as their All relevance. Right. So, so Michael, we're not going to see AMP. Michael, you think that Google has built this wonderful walled garden for their advertising network and has done all this work in terms of bringing in Google Analytics, bringing in Google Tag Manager, and bringing in all of these advertising partners to create this wonderful little advertising funnel. You think that they're just going to destroy that? They're just going to say, screw it. I know we did all this work, and I know that's how our company makes money. But screw it. Let's get rid of it. You think that's really going to happen? Gonna... Well, okay, first of all, it's it's not just Google, and it's not just a walled garden, because it's not just Google products in the AMP spec. You can stick a bunch of non-Google stuff on your AMP page and like add networks out the wazoo that have nothing to do with Google. You can write an AMP page that does not make a single cent for Google. But it so, still runs through Google. But, but yes, I think that that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to say, we built this proof of concept. We proved our concept. Google and all of the platform partners and all of the publishing partners, we got what we wanted. We proved the content, uh, the, the, uh, the idea that, that fast is important and we need to incentivize fast. Now we're going to go to this technology agnostic setup where we're looking at DOM content loading and we're looking at first contentful paint and we're looking at other stuff like that that does not care if you're using AMP. And guess what? Your AMP pages still work. They're still HTML. They will still load, they will still render, they will still be fast. Your DOM content will load fast. The first content paint will be fast. Therefore, your AMP pages will still rank well. They will still be seen as fast and relevant because they are in fact fast, because they are in fact using these best practices. But now, if you use these same best practices, but you're hand tuning it, and your site has nothing to do with AMP, that also will be fast. So and Patrick, you've got this look relevant. on your you've got this look on your face like you want to tell Michael that Santa Claus is not real. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think why don't you Google go ahead and do it? Don't. Google has a CDN, they have uh, you know, view they have better data than they've ever had on people's browsing on uh, how long exactly people are staying on pages, um, you know, they have you know, if you go to AMP there's a roadmap for what's coming up for the next quarters around deepening the core, around improving analytics, of, around doing user logins to actually have it so that you could log into a website via AMP um, and do paywalls with AMP. I mean, to me, there's no way that they're going to say, okay, this is a great proof of concept and you know, they're now planning a conference in Amsterdam. This is not a proof of concept. This is them saying, this is terrific. We you know, can expand this and really own 
mobile and mobile is uh, oh yeah probably at this point is larger than desktop when you get to you know and of course facebook's oh by far because you you know for a fact that some execs in google are in a conference room and they have these charts of the expanding ecosystem that is amp and they're talking about how they can bring more in and how they can grow it and what that means to the revenue model like you know that that's going on right yeah look i don't think google is the tooth fairy okay i, I don't santa think claus that, uh, like i well uh, santa claus is santa claus and santa claus is real and if you don't believe in santa claus then <laughs> you're a sad human being and you should not be friends with andrew because he'll ruin your life um look <laughs> google <laughs> Too of late. course, of course, <laughs> Google wants to to own mobile. Of course, they want more traffic through their platform, and they know that the way they get engagement on their platform is to give users what they want, and what users want is fast. And so, yeah, I think like I, I'm not oblivious to the fact that Google has real bottom line interest in in this stuff. Um, but but I also you know I think that that we can draw a box around AMP and we can understand what AMP is for and what it's not for and when it benefits us and and when it doesn't and I really think that the the more mature AMP gets, um, the less siloed and walled it will have to be. Right. Um, but in, in order to be effective for Google's goals and uh, beneficial for their bottom line, it is going to have to become less siloed, and it is going to have to become applicable to a larger swath of the web outside of just news publishers. Um, and and I think that that the awareness and the tech has developed and will continue to develop to a point where that can become more and more spec agnostic. So, well, I mean, Michael, it is it is useful outside no, of it, just news people, though, right? I mean, like the the company that I'm talking to about implementing AMP pages, they're a finance company, and they're really keen on doing it for getting the. I mean, I realized that initially Google AMP was targeted just at news sites, right? That was the only results that it returned was Google News, but that ended pretty quickly to the point where now it's returning results just in general search. And organizations like this financial organization that I'm talking about, they're like, hell yeah, any boost that we can get in our organic search and click through, we're 100% going to take it. Sure. So, I mean, it's yeah, not just I, news. I, I think, I, I don't think AMP is, is going to, is being abandoned, but I think AMP as the hyper siloed, hyper Google specific um, proof of concept, I think that is going to mature into something that looks a lot more like. Um, you know, Google is looking at your page in the same way that Lighthouse or Caliber or any of these other uh, performance measurement tools are looking at your page, and they're going to start bucketing us well based on actual speed rather than just whether you use. Well, you're their you're spec. right. You're right in the sense that history is definitely full of examples of companies that have found uh, a, a very lucrative market and have decided to just willingly give that up. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying that very, very sarcastically, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, if you think that AMP is kind of step one, it, it yeah, I don't know if they really needed to prove that, you know, faster load times is leading to increased engagement. We've known that for a long time. Um, failed to I think act it was on like it. if we make this yeah. power grab on mobile traffic, will people, how badly will people turn on us? And I think people have kind of, People like it, but they I don't know if they always realize what they're giving up. I, I could see step two um, 
being, okay, now we've done well with this. What if we pull back from contributing to the W3C working group and instead of putting out new open standard things for all web browsers, what if we put in new features for AMP? And AMP now has features that other websites don't have and you're getting a substandard experience um, already, already that is impossible in, in Chrome or exactly in Chrome or Safari or Edge or whatever um, because this is a you know an, an AMP only Google innovation. Um, I, I don't think yeah. that benefits Google. I, I don't think it benefits Google to do that. Well, let, let me just steer the conversation back towards the the AMP letter, um, because mm. I want to see if people kind of agree with this. So I'm not going to read the whole letter. Again, we'll link to it in the show notes. But the, the two things that they recommend are, and they, they say, if Google's objective in AMP is indeed to improve the user experience on the web, then we suggest some simple changes that would keep the uh, web dynamic, competitive, and consumer-oriented. Number one, what we were just discussing, instead of granting a premium placement in search results only to AMP, provide the same perks to all pages that meet the objective neutral performance criteria, such as speed index. And then publishers, web developers can use any technical platform that they want. If they deliver it, they get the speed boost. And then number two, do not display third-party content within a Google page unless it is clear to the user that they are looking at a Google product. It's perfectly acceptable for Google to launch a news reader, but it is not acceptable to display a page that carries only third-party branding on what is actually a Google URL. Those are really the two main points of this letter. I mean, how, what is your, uh, Earl, what is your reaction to this? Yeah, I mean those both uh, make sense to me. The first, the first one speaks to sort of what I mentioned earlier about having a more general, uh, you know, like a W three standard or, or metric as opposed to to AMP and ranking things uh, in that way. And and yeah, the second uh, regarding, you know, making sure that the consumer knows what they're what they're looking at. So you would sign this letter? Yeah, sure. What do you think? Oh, well, and then you should do it. I'm going to link in the show notes. Yeah. You should sign it. Yeah, I, have a, I have a pull request. You can uh, do a pull request to get yourself uh, in there. I'm nice. That rules. Be approved. Also, just, <laughs> a, just, as a, just as a side note, when I was doing research for this and looking up like arguments against uh, you know, both, both sides for uh, AMP, this letter didn't come up. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and not to say that, and now that's, I was using both Google um, and DuckDuckGo because I use DuckDuckGo in general. Um, but I switched back and forth to see, uh, you know, but it didn't come up in either one, so that's... So for, for anybody who wants to read it themselves, you can just go to google.com slash amp slash ampletter.org. Well, it's also just ampletter.org. <laughs> oh, I very <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Oh, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Jonathan, that's would fast, you... That's the faster version. I, I understand. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the net neutrality version, right? All right, so what is... Uh, would you sign this letter, Jonathan? Yeah, absolutely. I think the yeah. first, the last sentence of the entire letter says it all. The web is not Google, and it should not be just Google. I would yeah. absolutely sign this letter. Yeah, Michael, uh, have signed it and would sign it a thousand times more. And I have just slacked you a couple um, uh, Google Central blog posts that I think indicate that this is exactly the direction that Google knows they need to go and is in the process. Well, of what the hell is going. Gruber going to blog about then? 
I don't know. That's he'll he'll figure something out. That's um, horrible. I I actually um, <laughs> I actually have to drop off. It's been really good talking to you guys, but I I gotta uh, gotta head to a meeting. So I'm gonna let y'all uh, keep. All right. Keep well, we're we're wrapping up anyway. Yeah, <laughs> in my absence. Yeah. But. All right. Bye bye. It's yeah. <laughs> funny just trying to go through the Google results when you search Google Lamp. Um, yeah, the letter, I think on page four of my results, I found a Hacker News thread about the letter. Mm. But I'm on now page seven. I still haven't found the letter coming up. And yeah. I'm pretty well linked, and it's fairly recent. But Well, they uh, should have made an AMP version of this page, first of all. <laughs> right. No, I mean, seriously, like yeah. they totally should have. Oh, there we go. It's on page nine. At wow. Bottom of page nine. Yep. So no one's ever um, going to see that, right? Even though it's pretty well linked to. So, you know, you can right. read into. Uh, so would you sign this letter? I have a pull request in waiting for my name to be added to it. Yeah. Nice. Um, and I think it's really telling to know who were the original writers of the letter. It includes Jeremy Keith, uh, Ethan Marcotte, um, Steve Suters, who's a real web performance. Uh, he's literally written the book on web performance. Um, you have a number of people from the web web standards push back in the mid nineties that you know, those folks are, I guess, no, even I'm sorry, mid probably two thousands that, are really the reason why we don't live in siloed best on Internet Explorer, best on Netscape mm-hmm. um, web standards. You know, they really pushed for web standards back in the day. And um, yeah, I think it says a lot that they're the ones that are saying uh, there's something wrong here. You need to, tr- you know, if you want to do your own custom, not even subset of HTML, but, you know, alternate HTML, that's fine. But, um, you know, it really hurts the web when you start to treat normal open html css javascript pages as second class citizens when it comes to mobile and i think it's just the start i think they're going to try to do more around this yeah i agree yeah and i'll tell you this when i first went to implement like a google amp page like kind of my reaction is was like what the hell is this you know (laughs) because there was a huge laundry list of things you could not do and then there were also like uh, i mentioned in the beginning new tags that you're going to be using no custom JavaScript, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. So it was, I was kind of like, it felt weird because I'm like, well, you know, this is not an open standard. This is just their own little concocted thing, right? So what, whatever. I went through it. I implemented it. I used the AMP validator, got it up and running. Um, and then I saw the, uh, the benefit from the search results on Google. And I was just like, well, that was definitely mm-hmm. worth it. You know, I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, from a uh, I I didn't necessarily like the approach, um, but from a results oriented point of view, it was worth it. Yeah, you you took that Faustian bargain, man. (laughs) Well, so that's the the thing that that's really and I haven't there's not a clear parallel here, but the alarm bells started ringing, uh, you know, doing research, more research into this, just in terms of it feels like the first steps to like, you know, cannibalizing the web uh, in the way that, you know, similarly, but not a clear parallel between like what Walmart does to local business and what Amazon has been doing, this sort of race to the bottom uh, to serve the users. And part of that is bad consumer practices. You know what I mean? Like I want fast at all costs, uh, even if it means the quality is less than stellar or, you know, in working conditions and things like that. Um, but so again, not a clear parallel and the thought is still sort of forming in my mind, but that was the first, my first inclination was like, man, like this is just not good for the web. Um, yeah. uh, not, not at all. Um, and it, and it's, and it's those short term 
benefits, you know, to the client that are going to push things like this through, you know, thinking in terms of quarters and not long-term health of the web. You know? Yeah. I mean, but that's a thing, you know, I mean, no, I've got, I, I, I've got I, clients I that I work yeah, with that yeah. they're like, look, if we're going to be in this space, we have to do AMP. We yeah. have to do uh, Facebook instant articles. We have to do Apple news. Yeah. Like this is, they, they literally have to do it because yeah. all of their competitors are doing it. If they don't do it, mm-hmm. they're going to get absolutely buried. Yeah. Well, I totally you understand. Know? I just, I don't like it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, believe me, I get, right, I yeah. definitely get that. Right. Um, yeah. And the nice thing, uh, yeah, I mean, just because this is a craft CMS centric podcast is um, because AMP uses a just, just disgusting version of HTML with you know weird markup and lightning bolts. How do you really it, feel? It has lightning bolts thrown in. You don't um, have to I, use the lightning bolt. It's a shortcut. Oh, you have to use the lightning bolt. That's required. Um, I think it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the nice thing though is they craft. You know, pull it back to craft does yeah. make it easy to implement AMP because That's right. there are no um, restraints put on you as to what sort of horrific markup you can. Put. <laughs> <laughs> pages so it you makes it very easy however you want yeah. right to rent. no but really it you know if you were trying to do, uh, you know you could do it in drupal but yeah. and i'm sure there's a drupal module for it but um but you're you know, right drupal a lot of other cms's make yeah. assumptions yeah with prefab fields and you yeah. know they may load their own javascript you'd have to wrangle drupal a whole lot more than you would in craft so right. um that is one pro to uh i mean there's many pros to craft cms but it you know because it doesn't put any uh, restrictions on your markup, you can do horrific things. Yeah, the, I mean, the way I did it is I, I've got my standard like layout.twig. I mm-hmm. just made an amp layout.twig that yep. included the, the the things that were needed and you know then wrote partials for things that needed partials, and that, that's kind of how it all got pieced together. Well, gentlemen, I think it has been a really interesting discussion on amp. Um, I hope that it goes in the direction of this uh, AMP letter. If it mm. doesn't, um, I'm probably more morally flexible than some of you guys. I'm not really going to care one way or another. Um, it's not going to bother me a whole lot. But I really do kind of hope it goes in that direction because I agree with um, the talk we had with John Alsop where he was saying that he thought it was the open standards and the fact that it was you know free and easy to get on board is what really made it successful. And, you know, we can, we can just hope that the success that it was enjoyed then is going to repeat itself, um, from this perspective. Yeah. Um, but that, uh, that about wraps it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast to have every episode delivered to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to our RSS or uh, via iTunes or Google play. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a review. Seriously, it makes a big difference if there are reviews in iTunes or Google Play or whatever for the podcast. So take a couple minutes and do it. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at DevModeFM, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Just leave a comment on the episode on DevMode.fm website. For the DevMode.fm podcast, I'm Andrew Welch. I'm Earl Johnston. I'm Patrick Harrington. I'm Jonathan Melville. And I'm Michael Rogg. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>